purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin, and I want to welcome you to this episode, number 119 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. I need to tell you, fasten your seatbelts. Today's going to be awesome. How do I know that? Well, the connection I share with today's guest is both palpable and combustible. We ignite something in each other, and we have from the first time we met. Then, a few weeks ago, we had the privilege, the opportunity to meet in person while I was on his side of the pond, and that amplified our connection a few decibels. So it's with great joy that we, you and me, welcome Gary Turner to the Higher Purpose Podcast. I've had the privilege of being a guest on Gary's show, The Value Through Vulnerability Podcast. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And now we reverse roles, and he joins me here. You might recognize Gary's voice and remember him from episode 90 of this podcast, where he joined me and served as guest host and hosted me in a conversation reflecting on the Human's First series of conversations we'd had here on the podcast. Now, don't say that I didn't warn you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. This moment of silence brought to you by Oscar Tremboli, author of Deep Listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks, you can't say you weren't warned. In the introduction, I told you this was going to be an exhilarating conversation. It's electrifying. It's just fun. So Gary Turner, welcome back to the Higher Purpose Podcast. So, because in one way, this isn't a first time for you. You were with us back in episode 90, but you guest hosted it and asked me the questions. So today, you're joining as a guest. So, thank you. Oh, thank you, Kevin. What an absolute honor. I honestly feel I've made it. This is exciting. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Gary. Well, I know, and you listening, I know this is going to be a rich, robust, and even a bit rambunctious conversation. And who knows where it will go. And Gary, why do I say it's going to be rambunctious? What happened when you and I finally met in person for the first time? (laughs) Yeah, involved me grabbing the nearest waitress and getting a selfie. I think that's pretty much what happened, Kevin. (laughs) And then including her in the selfie, getting someone else to take the picture and including her in it. So it was a lot of fun. It started late at night. It was like nine o'clock at night that we sat down and to spend a few minutes together and two and a half hours later, we were still chatting. So Gary, this is going to be fun. Thank you for joining me. And you know, you know how I start the podcast and I know that you're no stranger to gratitude. You've actually joined us for the gratitude challenge. So what is something that you're grateful for in the moment that we're sitting here beginning to record this conversation? What's welling up in you as far as gratitude? What I'm really grateful for at the moment is our connection. And I think just generally, Kevin, the reconnection of so many of us Mm. human beings together. Mm. And in all different walks of life, humans first, the event I was at last week, I just genuinely believe humanity is making a comeback. And I'm really, really grateful for that right now. 
Okay, so we're going to have to include a photo in the show notes because last week you were at the Ignite conference and you are wearing Ignite apparel here for this conversation. And I took a screenshot of that. I'm going to go ahead and post that on LinkedIn this afternoon, but we'll maybe include it with the show notes. But Gary, when I'm thinking about gratitude, connected to you, I want to express a couple of pieces of gratitude. And it is around connection. I think you and I both know this. Rarely have we had the kind of connection as instantly as we've had with that many other people. You and I just hit, and I just finished a conversation with Kimberly Davis, who was the conduit for us meeting. Kimberly sends her love, by the way. And then you and I met, and then I want to express some gratitude to you for connecting me to Kat Hayes, who became the artist in residence for the Gratitude Challenge. And another Gratitude Challenge starts next week from the date of this original release of this. So that's pretty amazing. And then to Jane, Adshead Grant, who was with me a couple of weeks ago and inspired me to do something different, and that is to go all into listening. So I'm not taking any notes to the conversation, Gary. You have my full attention, and that's courtesy of Jane. And then Nilifer Merchant, who's not yet been on the podcast, but we're in the process of having her. So I look at all of these people that I've met and my life has been enriched because I met Gary Turner and Gary Turner generously and graciously introduced me to all of those people. Thank you, Gary. Not at all, Kevin. And it's totally reciprocated. You're one of the best connectors I know as well. And I think that's what's so exciting right now. And hence my gratitude is that there's a lot more people like us that want to give and connect than people realize out there. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, folks. So I got to tell you, there is, okay, you know, we have madness. There's some method to our madness. Maybe not a lot, but there is some method to the madness behind this conversation. And I want to tee that up and then get you involved here, Gary. A few weeks ago, you mentioned that you were excited about a keynote you were going to deliver in Switzerland. And I asked if you wanted to share your thoughts. And then you shared the presentation. We had a conversation around that. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, Gary, I want you to come on the podcast to talk about this. And at that time you scheduled a date and what was significant about when you picked the date and why we're talking today? <laughs> the date, <laughs> my mind's going completely blank. Oh, what? well, you wanted to make sure it happened after the conference. That's right. Sorry. That's right. That's right. You didn't right. want to come on and have a conversation about this topic that you had really developed for this conference. You wanted to have that experience and then be fresh in the energy and the electricity of that experience to have this conversation. That's what I remember. Thank you very much, Kevin. Totally. That's exactly what it was. And it shows you how impactful that experience was, <laughs> really. Yeah. So it kind of just took you somewhere. And I mean, who knew you'd be wearing conference apparel as we speak? So what was the event and what was your topic for that event? And then I'm going to wait. I just realized I double barreled a question. I'm sorry, Jane. I'm still trying to work on that one question at a time. So what was the event? 
<laughs> Love it. So the event was the Ignite Conference, which was held in a place called St. Garland in Switzerland. And they're a very progressive university. And the incredible thing, Kevin, about this event, and a big thanks, we're talking about connection to Nuria Rojo, who was the person that introduced me to Ignite. And basically, this is a very forward-thinking university, that, and their event was around purpose, around impact, and around leadership and culture. So here it is, a bunch of 20, 21, 22-year-olds who are into their fifth year, Kevin, of mm. putting on this conference around those three topics. Wow. Wow. Okay. And what was your topic for that presentation? So my topic was called Waking Up to Purpose, Meaning, and Connection. And why that topic? And why the waking up? Because when I saw that, first off, purpose, meaning, and connection. I mean, that's kind of like right in the middle lane of the Higher Purpose podcast. If you want to talk something that's the bullseye of conversations here, that hit it. But then this whole idea of, I would use a little different word, awakening, but you waking up, same concept. So waking up to purpose, meaning, and connection. Why that? Why the waking up? I use the words waking up because I literally, inverted commas, woke up five mm. years ago. And I woke up to those three things. Mm. And how that came about for me, Kevin, is that at the grand old age of 39, is I had achieved what the outside world, the education, our family, society tells us is what matters, mm. which is good paying salary, nice job, nice car, the perfect life. I had everything. And I was very grateful at that time, at age 39, for having it all. But I literally had what I now know to be heartache. I had a hollow feeling near my heart, age 39. Mm. I just didn't know what that was, literally. And that was the start of my awakening. Mm. Mm. Okay, wow. So there is a question on a slide in that presentation that I want to use as the catalyst to go deeper into this. Are you consciously awake or unconsciously sleepwalking through life? So I take from that that five years ago, age 39, you were unconsciously sleepwalking through life. Yeah. And just to set some context, it didn't mean that my life was bad or, you know, I was very grateful. I had a very good life. I'm still with a lovely lady I'm now married to. So a lot of my world was great. But the inner work. So when I talk about unconsciously sleepwalking, I wasn't dealing with my fears. I wasn't aware of the impact that I had on other people when I was frustrated or reactionary or impulsive. So really, when I talk about sleepwalking, it's mm only focusing on outside of us and not believing that the inside of us has any value. Okay. So what was your awakening process like? How long have you got, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to do it in one episode, we have a set time. If we break it into multiples the rest of the day. No, <laughs> <laughs> no there was a very distinct, I would say there's two real key shifts for me. So age 39 was that literal heartache where I literally then started going, okay, what well, I need to fill that gap with something. Hmm. You know, I now know that all of these outside of me things do not cause me to feel happy or well or hmm. fulfilled or purposeful. So that started me on this crazy journey of, okay, is it people? Do I need to get into human resources? How do I help others? So the next 18 months were spent getting trained in the HR space, so organizational development, 
doing a little bit of learning and development, became a chartered member of our equivalent of SHRM over here in Europe. So I was all peopled up, qualified within 18 months. And that got me to my next step, which was actually burning myself out. Mm. So two years after all of that, I was into people space. I was really, I believe, starting to make a difference bigger than myself, as well as doing my day job of being in sales. But I then burnt myself out. So that was step one. So I'll pause there for a second, Kevin. Yeah. So let me get this right, because I'm not sure I understood this before in your journey, Gary. So there was this awakening and post-awakening that there was this, oh, here's how I address this, resolve this, air quotes around, fix this, whatever, whatever that was. So you took deliberate action and pretty aggressive action. And then two years later, which I think would be about three years ago now, from where we are now, yeah, you found yourself burnout. So, wow. Okay. Awakening followed by burnout. And then what happened? So the big shift that came from, I would say last year. So we're talking the last less than 18 months ago, Kevin, I paid, I invested in myself to have six hours of professional coaching. Mm. And what came out of that? And this was really the big shift for me. Like this is where the awakening really almost transcendence without trying to be too silly about it. I really literally just went, oh my goodness. And during those six hours of coaching, what my coach helped me see, held the mirror up for, which I hadn't seen before, is that I'd been living inside my head. And what I mean by that is I hadn't spoken about the fact I was bullied age 12, 13, physically and psychologically. I didn't talk about the fact that I used to self-harm when I was at university. I didn't talk about the fact that I burnt myself out previously. And what she showed me is that none of that, of course, is causal on my well-being, but I locked it all away in my mind. And I never spoke about any of it. So that's basically what I realized through that coaching was that that was emotional suppression. Then jump forward to August 2018. So it was recently, this is literally 40 months ago, Kevin. It's amazing. Yeah. I went on a quality of mind retreat where I understood how the mind, consciousness, and thought worked, how our principles of life, our human experience operate. And this was the nugget. This is where everything shifted for me. I was sitting in a pub garden, of course, in England. And on day two of a three-day retreat, I saw my burnout for what it was. My own thought created burnout. It was not the outside world. I did it to myself. Hmm. Okay. So, and I also want to contextualize something. You'd had a previous burnout. Is that what? So, no, it's the one burnout. So I had the one burnout, but it was on during this retreat, I saw that burnout for what it was. Wow. Self-inflicted, self-induced. What was the? Yeah. So basically I overthought my way into that burnout. Say more about that. So what that means is, despite me doing a lot of work on myself, really feeling like I'm awakening, I'm trying to serve other people, trying to make the world a better place, all of that really good stuff. What I saw in that moment around my burnout was that it wasn't the outside world. So Mm. again, at that point in time, on the run up to that burnout, I challenged bullying in the workplace and was told, Gary, that person's got something going on at home, please leave it. So I had the courage to speak up and say, look, this isn't acceptable, but was basically told, go away. Other things happened such as I was advised that I was playing at learning development. So my line manager at the time decided to tell me that they owned me and that (laughs) ultimately they were letting me play in that space. So those things happened. Mm. And that person had something going on for them at the time, which I now appreciate. But the point was, on hearing that information, Kevin, I translated that inside of me to be, you're not good enough. Mm. You don't deserve to be here. 
who do you think you are to be doing learning and development? So although those things outside of me should never have happened, they were not right, they did not cause me mm. to tell myself I'm not good enough. That is what burnt me out, is that I told myself all of those untruths and all those stories. Okay. And then what happened? I mean, how did the story unfold? I know some of the highlights along the way. I don't want to read into and guess when those happened, but what happened next that led you into being consciously awake? And let me ask this. Would you consider yourself sleepwalking to some degree at that point or not? Yes, I would. I think I was awakening. I would say I wasn't sleepwalking. I was sort of in between. So there was okay. a level of consciousness. So by me getting into the HR space, the people space, trying to serve rather than it be about me, that was a big shift. So that was, I would say, the road jump to me okay. being fully awake was okay. going into service from it being about me. But mm. that retreat, seeing for myself that I burnt me out and it wasn't anybody else, what that gave me was actually freedom, Kevin. Because it went from me being a victim and believing other people were doing stuff to me, to me going, no, Gary, it's all on you, mate. You burnt yourself out by telling yourself X, Y, Z. It was actually amazingly releasing. So how did you rewrite the story or narrative? Or how did you come to a different story or narrative about you? What I came to, and it's not a sort of, aha sort of come to jesus type moment but what it was it was just a very present calm oh wow and to reference our mutual friend tracy fenton what i now look back at is that from that moment ever since the last 14 months although i drop my thinking now and again it goes into negative self-talk it happens with all of us but i know i'm a 10 out of 10 mm. i genuinely believe that i am now good enough mm. i don't need to attach my identity to making money or attach my identity to having the nice house or attach my worth, my self-worth to somebody else validating me. I know inside I am already enough. Mm. And that was the big shift 14 months ago. And I still believe that, although it's not always easy to live and breathe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk to us about that. What did it take for you to kind of go, okay, I am enough because I think I'll go out on a skinny limb here, and I think most of you listening to our conversation, most, comma, if not all, comma, have wrestled with these thoughts. I know I have, right? That I'm not enough. So how was it or what was it that allowed you to kind of shift your thinking and see yourself differently? It still comes back to that moment around seeing the burnout. That was a big, big moment. Mm. Okay. That was a big moment. And I think what that did, it's great. I really appreciate this space, Kevin, because things are coming up for me now. And I think what that was for me in the moment was like a gateway to myself. Mm. So myself, as it were, was defined by all of these outside things, even up until that point. Mm. Whereas seeing my burnout for what it was, which was me doing it to myself, it opened up all of the other learning I'd done the four years before. So I've done so much stuff with our friend Tracy at World Blue. I've done stuff with other people. I've done my coach. I do lots of reading, you know, our conversations over the last months. You know, there's so many things in there, but I think a lot of that didn't really hold as much value until 
that moment where I went, oh, that's what it's all about. Hmm. Oh, now all that stuff has different value. So there was like a door opening. So really that retreat was the door opening for me, which allowed me then to gain the extra jewels and value from all of the other insights and learning I'd been on over those previous four years. Hmm. Hmm. So Gary, how is life different now for you? Now that you're consciously awake rather than sleepwalking, what's different? You're making me go shivery, just you even asking the question. There's so much. And I think, you know, if we want to get hard about productivity, like I genuinely have got one third more space than I had 14 months ago. Like, I don't have a time and motion study on that. I just feel more vibrant. I have more capacity. Mm -hmm. I just have more available to me without me having to think, can I, can I do a to-do to -do list? Do I need to create this space through ABC? I just, I just have more capacity. Mm. And why? Because I'm not spending that going, are you good enough? Who do I need to negotiate with? Mm. How do I make sure I fit in with that group? How do I make sure that somehow I can get that person to see me? It's an incredible amount of mental torture and energy can be spent inside this thing on our shoulders. Mm. Yeah, I was just, thinking that as I was listening to you, just thinking about, wow, how much energy we expend. I was trying to think what's the right word, but how much energy we expend in all of these fantasy conversations, right? And spinning all of these scenarios and ruminating encounters, right? I mean, something happened. I think you might can relate to this, you, Gary, as well as you listening. I can think of encounters that, oh my gosh, the rumination, I've replayed them, not dozens, maybe not even hundreds of times. Some of them I replay thousands of times. You know, it's just that short little vignette, right? I mean, it's a three to five second vignette and it's just on repeat, repeat, repeat. And it doesn't take you any place good. I see you just nodding your head. <laughs> so, that's a lot of energy. And if you add to that the facts, I'm sure I read a statistic. I've heard it twice, actually, Kevin, in recent succession. Something like 85% of all of our thoughts are negative. Right. And another high percentage are the same thoughts recurring over and over again. Back to this rumination, this recording. So, okay. You that are longtime listeners, you know I can be a bit weird. So I just want to invite Gary. <laughs> and here's what I love, okay? You still listen. So that says something about both of us. <laughs> and I'm even going to pull back and say it doesn't mean we're weird. It just means we are wired differently and we are wired similarly so that we connect around this. Gary, for the person that right now is like, oh my gosh, where Gary was? is where I am at this very moment. I am exhausted. I'm even feeling a bit hopeless, listless. If it's not going to get any better than this, I'm just not sure if I want to continue. I know those people are near and dear to your heart, just like they are mine. Just talk to them a moment.
What would you say to them? What would you want them to know and believe? There's two really clear things that come up for me straight away. And one is you are enough. Like categorically, 100%, there is nothing anybody can say, do or buy for you that will tell you that you are enough. You have to know it inside yourself. and You have to believe it. Mm. And you are enough because I'm mentioning it. Kevin's mentioning it. You know, I think the fascinating thing here is we come into this world enough and we overthink our way away from that. So just remember back to when you didn't used to think that way about yourself. Mm. That would be my key message. Mm. And in addition to that, who can help you see that for yourself is a community. So don't hide away. Don't be on your own. Don't lock yourself away from other human beings. Actively connect. Mm. Use humans first. Find your tribe that can hold the mirror up to your thinking, not to fix you because you don't need fixing, but just to allow you to hear yourself. As Jane would say, as you were speaking about brilliantly on your last podcast with Jane, like there are people like you and I here right now that are prepared to create the space for you to hear your own thinking. Mm. I actively offer that to anybody that connects with you or connects with me. If they are thinking they're not good enough, jump on a 10 minute call with you or I will hold that space for them. Mm. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. I mean, I would normally save this to the end, but for somebody that's wanting to do that now, Gary, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, with myself, you find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter at Gary Turner zero. That's G A R R Y. Or you can email me, gary.turner at the listening organization, one word.co.uk. Okay. We'll get that again at the end, and that'll be in the show notes. Folks, if that's you and you need that, just stop listening to the podcast right now and just reach out and then maybe come back later and return. But really, getting this resolved for you is of utmost importance for you, for us, and for the world. Thank you, Gary. And thank you, Jane. You sponsored that moment serendipitously. And you're not even here physically, Jane, but thank you. Gary, community. When did you start realizing the importance of community? It's a very new thing for me, to be brutally honest. I thought it was, but yeah, yeah, it really was. So if you think about it from a sports team point of view, I've always had that sort of community. I play field hockey when my body can actually stand it. I play squash. Um, so, you know, I have some sort of smaller communities or maybe more tribal communities that are quite small and specific. But in terms of a community that I feel can unleash our potential as human beings, mm -hmm. such as that which we have with Humans First that our mutual friend Mike created over a year ago, that's as recent as this year, mm. really. So, you know, my first feeling of something bigger than ourselves that we're already all part of, but becoming consciously awake to that is humans first. And that's as recent as March 2019. Wow. Awesome. And what is it that you find in community that satisfies a deep longing in your heart? Well, it rhymes with that word, and you talk about it a lot, my friend, which it is belonging. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's feeling that even if it's virtual, as a lot of these conversations are, although we have met in person with a number of our peers now. Back to my point about overthinking. 
the ability to connect with people with no agenda, no fear, and no ulterior motive, that for me just allows you just to come up as who you innately are. Mm. And that allows us to belong because we already belong. So mm. if we don't think we belong, it's because we are overthinking our way away from belonging. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to ask you to say that again because that's really good. That will be tweeted. So, yeah. So for me, we already belong. So we innately are, we are one singular human race. We are already all connected. Right. We can only overthink our way away from feeling that we belong. So am I to understand you to say that when I, and it does happen, Gary, when I or you listening or you, Gary Turner, feel that we don't belong, we've created that perception for ourselves through some of our thinking. 100%. That's my view. That's my human experience. Absolutely. Now, that's an interesting conversation, an interesting perspective. And you and I, we've been hosting conversations around this about belonging. And I think in one of those conversations was perhaps the first time I really heard that articulated. As soon as I heard it articulated, I understood it to be true that in most of the environments, again, that's probably a most comma, if not all comma, environments that I've been in when I felt I don't belong. That was a story I was telling myself about that situation or that group. And that group was willing to accept me, but I went in looking to not belong because that was the story I was telling myself. That's pretty amazing to think how many times that happens for many of us. And it's usual, you know, I'm not a neuroscientist, but we all know the statistics around our alligator brain and, you know, we're wired for safety, but we're in 2019, nearly 2020. And we don't need those stories. Hmm. To own. Those stories just aren't true. So I just truly believe, and as you know, I'm a big believer in courage and vulnerability. You know, why do we want to self-exclude ourselves when we are wired to belong? Hmm. Hmm. All right. So Gary, we talked about community. I have experienced you in community and just love it. And the times we've shared both virtually and then most recently in person and then virtually again. But I've also experienced you as a great connector. And I'm wondering, because in the limited time that I've known you, which has been 2019, you've been an amazing connector. Have you always been an amazing connector or is that something that was awakened through this awakening process? What a beautiful question. And thank you, Kevin, for that. That's, sorry, listeners, this is Gary thinking. <laughs> That's okay. This happens. I'll do an Oscar call out. If you were watching this, Gary's eye shot up and away as he's really reflecting, thinking on this. So take a moment. My producers have gotten used to silence, and I think our listeners have as well, silence in a podcast conversation. So I'm going to give Gary a moment of silence to process this. I think, in fact, I know that I have had this, it's one of my superpowers, is connection. 
but linked to the awakening that I had been through, I think it was a dormant superpower. Mm. So, and the technology is, of course, an additional aid to that connection. But I've always been good with people. I've always enjoyed developing meaningful relationships. I struggle with fake relationships. Mm -hmm. As a salesperson, that's an interesting thing to navigate. But I would say I've always been wired to connect, but mm. it's really been unleashed. That ability and that superpower has really come to its fore in 2019. Okay. As someone else who shares the superpower of connection, which we both do, tell me, what's the joy you find in connecting? Because here's my belief. Folks, if you have the superpower of connecting, you cannot not connect people. It's not like you're doing people a favor. It's not like I'm going out and I'm expending all of this. I see you smiling, laughing. You agree? I mean, you cannot not connect. Beautiful. <laughs> What's the joy of that for you? Oh, I'm getting all shivery again, Kevin. This is a wonderful conversation. Seriously. What it is for me, people talk about flow. Mm. Connection for me is a flow state. Like when I connect someone, I connect with an energy that comes through me. It's not an active energy I have to expend. It comes through me. I've connected three people today to different people just because they need to know each other. That is not, it's a conscious act, but it's a flowing act. It's something that just happens. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's a flow state connection, not an active I have to think about this connection. Okay, so I'm going to ask you something. I've never asked anyone this. I've never really even thought this. And I've never had anyone ask me this. So I'm not sure my answer to this. But how do you know that two people need to be connected? What is it? And it may not be the same all the time. But when something really happens, like you go, are there synapses forming in your mind? Or do you see pictures, possibilities, or just... Talk to that a minute. I'd love to hear <laughs> another up and to the <laughs> left. Wonderful. Wonderful. So Jane done a great job on you without notes is amazing, Kevin. Keep doing it. It's brilliant. No, it really It's genuine feedback. It's wonderful. Beautiful questions. For me, it's much more intuitive. Mm. So it's much more energetic. So I think you and I both share quite a gift for seeing the big picture form very, very quickly. And I think that combined with the energetic sense that that person I met three months ago is into this, this, and this, and they said they might be moving to that country. Oh, so-and-so. So it's not like there's a little black book of people with notes against them. It's a very intuitive, energetic sense. So how about you, Ke Like, I'd like to ask you the same question as you haven't had it asked before. How does that come up for you? Yeah, you I mean, I'm glad I asked the question so we can both kind of deconstruct this and think about it. Yeah, I mean, there is this, and I've never labeled it before, but there is this deep intuition. I think there are times that it is a mental cognizance, you know, and I kind of think somebody says something like you said, oh, I'm moving here. And like, oh, you know, maybe you should check out this person or connect with them. Maybe there's some... But then, like the moment I was having my first conversation with Oscar Trembolian, or I'd had a conversation with Oscar sometime, I don't remember when the flow was of meeting Oscar, but there was just this moment I was like, oh gosh, Oscar would be perfect to connect with Gary for Gary's podcast. The moment, I do remember this, the moment I was in some of those initial conversations with Steve Foreign, it was just like, 
Steve and Gary have to meet, right? I mean, it's just kind of like it's that well formed. And it's not like I am doing you a favor by connecting you. It's like I am responding to an invitation to do something that who knows the magnitude or the impact it might have, but it's just kind of like, I'm serious. It's like, oh my gosh, these two people must know one another, right? And somehow at this moment, it's my duty. <laughs> and I don't mean duty in an onerous way. It's my privilege. Let's rephrase that. It's my privilege to connect these two people. And oh my gosh, who knows what might happen? And so it's just this excitement, right? So for you listening, this isn't always the case It's because there's sometimes it's just kind of, yeah, I really think I see a connection here. But then there are those times it's kind of like, oh my gosh, this must happen because there's something that's just exponential awaiting through that connection. So that's how I would answer. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what's different for you going through life connected and connecting versus disconnected wow it's literally transformation mm. and it's transformation from the ability to be present the ability to be empathetic the ability mm. to serve mm. and the ability to love oneself as part of the bigger system you know i just think we're just able once we get away from those stories we can at least see them for just being stories and not causal to our well-being just everything opens up kevin just like everything opens up hmm. Hmm. so i want to ask is there something that as you're sitting here and we're talking about this you look back and you go there's an opening that i realize right because i think some of these openings just happen and and we don't really recognize the flow of events that led to that is there a recent one that you kind of are cognizant of that sequence of events or at least some portion of that sequence of events i wouldn't say per se but if we go to last week the event in st garland let's put this in context there was four humans first peers who had never met face to face in one little town in Switzerland at the same time. That would never have happened six months ago. Hmm. There was my connection to that event that would never have happened had I not met one of those people through the humans first community. Right. But that's just a small part of last week. So just putting that out there as these things aren't always sort of huge transformational moments. There might be little breadcrumbs that we're following. But the point is, my life is richer for knowing you, for knowing Mike, for being part of this Humans First community, and for just being open to what is out there. And I think hmm. we can just allow ourselves to believe in more, to believe in abundance, to believe there is enough that very quickly gets us out of the scarcity, negative, stuck in our head mindset. Hmm. Hmm. So Gary, as I'm listening to you, I'm just reminded of something my dad said to me over and over, specifically as a teenager. And back then I would debate my dad to no end, 
my father would say, Kevin, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I try to take dad to the mat on that. Oh no, dad, there's always room for smart brilliance. People recognize brilliance, you know, all of that. And then maybe about 15 years ago, I started telling our son that, hey, Josh, it's not what you know, it's who you know, because really it is somebody just opening the door. It's somebody saying, hey, you're looking for a speaker on this. I know somebody you should have. Hey, you're looking for somebody, you know, and it's amplified through tools like LinkedIn, where it just multiplies in the impact. Wow. So just last week, all of those events of last week, all of those multiple different events and series of events were relationally and connection influenced or driven. Mm -hmm. 100%. Every, every single one of them. Hmm. All right, so Gary, wow, I look up and all of a sudden I see a clock and I'm like, wow, we're kind of needing to land this plane, at least for now. So is there something that we've not yet explored that you believe is important to make this segment of this conversation whole for you, for those listening? Yeah, I think I would just add to the part around the story. So if you're listening to Kevin and I now, thank you for joining. And just have a little think as you reflect on this conversation. What are the stories I'm telling myself? Yeah. So what fears do I have? What am I excited about? Why is that? And really process the feeling that underlies those stories you're telling yourself. Because then you'll know whether or not they're a story you want to hold on to. Well, thank you, Gary. So there's some work I have to do <laughs> around a couple of these stories that I've been hearing and that I've been telling myself. So thank you for that. For people, again, you gave this earlier, but what's the easiest way to get in connection with Gary Turner? And first off, I do know this, folks. Gary Turner is one of the most accessible and responsive people on the planet. So Gary, where do you point people? I oh, appreciate that, Kevin. So you can find me on Twitter at Gary Turner Zero, and that's G-A-R-R-Y Turner Zero. That's for another day. You can find me on LinkedIn, and you can also find me at my website, which is Gary.Turner at the listening organization, one word, .co. UK. And again, you know, very happy to chat, share, learn and grow together because Kevin and I have spoken about in this conversation. It's all about connection. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the opportunity. Here's what I really hope you're taking away from this conversation with Gary. I hope that a warmed heart that is awakened and a mind that is open to a bigger, broader set of possibilities is something you're experiencing in this moment. You know, it's interesting to reflect and recall a conversation solely from memory. It's a relatively new experience for me because I've been so deep into note-taking, but my deep listening without note-taking approach and experiment continues. And Gary encouraged me to continue it further because we went a couple of places in this conversation that happened primarily, if not exclusively, as a result of my leaning in and listening at a deeper level. If you're experimenting with that, I'd love to know how it's working for you. I love this part of our conversation where I asked Gary about community. That's one of those that came as a result of listening. And I really hope there is a place where you belong. If not, I encourage you to be a bit bolder and braver about exploring and finding a place where you belong. If you don't even know where to look, maybe you'll join us for one of the Human 
first hangouts. You know, I loved it. Last week, a guy who listens to the podcast showed up at the Humans First Hangout. And it was fun. So you're welcome. You have a longing for belonging, and I truly want to see you find that fulfilled in your life. And then finally, I'm wondering what you think about our conversation on connection and being a connector, especially if you are a connector or know one, someone who is a connector. Is that how you see that you just can't not connect people? It's just so fulfilling as a connector to connect people and just to intuitively know, wow, these people need to know one another. Hey, I really hope you know this, that you can reach out to me. You can email me, Kevin at Higher Purpose Podcast. Or you can call or text me at 678-744-5111. And some of you have been doing that. So thanks. I'm always open to a conversation. Until we connect again, and I hope it's real soon, I'll be back next week. I invite you and encourage you to live, love, and lead with purpose. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together. 